Our philosophy here on Two Teas in a Pod is to use English in its most natural form. Therefore, occasionally a bad word may slip through the net. This episode contains adult language. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Two teas in a pod. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Two teas in a pod. Welcome back to Two Teas in a Pod. How are you doing, Katie? Good, Tim. How are you? I'm good, thanks. This is our first podcast in 2021. It is. Happy New Year. Ooh, happy New Year. It's very late again. We talk about this every year. It's too it's late fine. to start talking about Happy New Year. No, we had the same conversation last year, but I think it's true. It was we the had first the same time. It was the first time you've seen someone in the New Year. You can say Happy New Year. True that. Though I actually spent New Year's with you, so exactly. Uh, but it's the first time we've seen the listeners. True. Seen the listeners. Yeah, I can see them. <laughs> we can see you, listeners. <laughs> Imagine if everyone's listening on their like Alexa or Amazon Echo or whatever, and they think we can actually see them <laughs> through the little cameras. We can definitely hear what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> so we are back with part four of our Tootie's book club on the Thursday Murder Club by Richard Osman. I believe it's the Thursday Murder Club, actually, Tim. Okay, the Thursday Murder Club. Speaking from the person who always gets the title right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I gave this book to my stepmom for yep. a Christmas present. Yeah. It's super popular, best-selling book in the UK. Really? Um, lots of people uh, have given it as Christmas presents. Oh, that's apparently. nice. Oh, it's it a good. Is. It's a good gift. It's a good. You've read. got the hard hardback copy there. It's very, it's very nice looking. Mm. It's a very nice looking book, actually. Yes, isn't it? And, oh my God. Uh, so, I was going to tell you this before, but I'll tell you it now. Mm-hmm. Um, they've started it as a, um, a, 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 I don't know if it's redu- abridged or whatever, like reduced, but it's on the BBC uh, radio, which is for free. So, oh, really? The, like first, a- the first episode's up. A radio play. A radio. It's not. A, it's definitely a reading. It's one. Was one woman reading it? Um, <clears throat> I don't know if it's the full book or not. Ah, cool. Started listening to it on the way here. Cool. So the first episode is up. Uh, it was uh, released on the twenty fifth of January. So if you can't be bothered to read it, then you can um, listen. To listen it. along. <laughs> listen along. I'll have to check that out. We'll try and find a link for it and see if it's uh, possible to listen to it. Yeah. Outside the UK, I suppose well, you I listen, listen to it here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sounds okay. good. Okie dokie. So let's pick up. We are at the start of chapter 11. Now, at the end of chapter 10, we'd had our first murder. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, Tony, dun. what's his face? Tony Curran. Tony Curran. <laughs> Tony Curran was bludgeoned to death, smacked over the head, and died in his kitchen um, <laughs> in a pool of blood. Yeah, that was a good chapter. I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Didn't see it coming. No. And, uh,. A photograph was left with the body. That's all we know. The killer left a photograph. We'll find more out about that later. So chapter 11, we are in the morning, seeing a a typical morning in Cooper's Chase Retirement Village. uh, The next morning, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Um, so what's going on in Cooper's Chase in the morning? So in the, in the morning, I uh, think they're just they're just they're up and about and doing things. Yeah, getting things exactly. done. Yeah, that's quite a nice line. I like um, right at the start of the chapter. It says, "Many years ago, everybody here would wake early because there was a lot to do and only so many so many hours in the day. Now they wake early because there is a lot to do and only so many days left." <laughs> <laughs> 
True that. So, <laughs> I read that as well. I actually highlighted it. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> really hit home. So yeah, they're getting old and they're, you know, they've got to fit things in. So Ibrahim gets up at like six o'clock in the morning and go to, wants to go swimming at 6 a.m. And they say he's not allowed to be in the pool that yeah. early. Things like that. So, And then he kind of, his morning routine is sort of, is sort of like looking through old files, isn't it? Mm, yeah. And I would assume getting a bit depressed about them, like people that he couldn't save, as exactly. it were. Yeah. So we learn sounds upsetting. A bit more about, yeah, his life as a psychiatrist. And yeah, um, that he's, we find out that some of his patients still come and visit him when he was, even though he's 80 and living in a retirement village. He must have been a really good psychiatrist. Real good. And yeah, like you said, he's... You know, going back over yeah. the ones. I get the impression the he's a bit of a perfectionist. Ones. Yeah, definitely. And he, the fact that he couldn't save some people, he takes really personally. Mm-hmm. I mean, as you maybe would do anyway, but I think he, him more so. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, so yeah, they found out about the murder. Obviously, the Thursday Murder Club is super excited because they've got an actual murder. <laughs> Yippee! Mm-hmm. Um, and Elizabeth says that she just needs Ibrahim to lie to a senior police officer. But does she actually say that? Because she just says, I've got a job for you. Or does she actually say yeah, in that says, chapter? Okay. Yeah. All right. It involves lying to a senior police officer. So that's the plan that they're going to enact now. We had a couple of expressions from chapter 11. Mm-hmm. What was the first one we got there? Um, to hold no grudge. Mm. Which means... Uh, oh. <laughs> I don't know. What does that mean? It means well, you don't you don't have no help well, me, Tim. To hold a grudge is like to um hold some sort of resentment. Yes, about to resent. That's it. Something that somebody's done to you. So imagine if someone's done something wrong to you in the past, if you hold a grudge against them it means that you remember it and it's like you're waiting for revenge. And you don't forgive them. You don't you forgive, don't forgive and you don't forget. Exactly. But it's saying that he Ibrahim holds no grudge against the people running the swimming pool because he knows that it's difficult with the health and safety restrictions yeah and then he's also the other one is um ibrahim knows he's a safe pair of hands which Mm -hmm. means he is he's responsible and uh reliable trustworthy a safe pair of hands indeed Mm -hmm. good so then chapter chapter 12 12. um chapter 12 is quite funny so we're in the um police station and it's Donna. Donna, D- Donna, PC Defritas. Mm-hmm. Doing her best to uh, spy on the meeting about the murder because she was really interested in yeah. investigating murders. A PC is a police constable mm-hmm. and not a detective. Yeah. Um, and she's really keen to be yeah. a detective. Mm-hmm. And she's doing her best. So she's taking the teas in. And uh, taking as long as possible, giving out the cups of tea and pretending to uh, tie her shoelace and things like that. And so it she was can... quite funny when she doesn't have any shoelaces. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. And she says, like, I'm sure that the detective, Chris, has realized by now that I don't actually have shoelaces. <laughs> yeah. yeah he mentions funny. it later, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Um, and then as she's leaving, there's a, um, there's a photo put onto the projector, I, see, I presume. Yeah. Um, and it's the photo found at the murder scene of the three, these three men. Mm-hmm. Who, at that point, did we discover who we they are? We don't discover who they are, but we discover that one of them is very well known. And she knows one of them. And she knows okay. one of them, yeah. So we're yeah. going to find out a bit more later. 
Um, but yeah, it's a nice little insight. First introduction, I think, to Chris as well. The, the detective. Detective. I think sure. it might be the first time. We're going to learn a bit more about him in the later cool. chapters. Oh, but right, we do. Yeah. Tim's way ahead of me mm-hmm. in this book. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm reading along with you guys. I have no yeah. idea what happens next. A <laughs> um, couple of expressions from chapter 12. We've got, it's a big deal. Judging yes. by the size of the assembled team, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. So. I mean, it's important mm. or it's mm, something mm, of note. Yeah, exactly. Um, you can use this as well with your friends. You can say if someone's like late for you going for coffee and someone's late and like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Don't worry, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. It's not important. Or it's like the opposite. No, it is a big deal. It is a big deal. Damn you! <laughs> I was waiting for ten minutes. Listen, some people get really offended by that. Yeah. I mean, we live in Spain. Impunctuality. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that the opposite of punctuality? Impunctuality. Think so. I'm going. Why for the it. hell am I a teacher? What's going on? <laughs> I might, maybe I invented it. <laughs> I don't know. A nice bit of uh, detective lingo, detective mm. language. Next, so we're talking about um, the biggest lead. Okay, so in chapter twelve, the expression "the biggest lead." Until we get all that, the biggest lead is the photograph the killer left by the body. So, what's a lead, KT? A lead is like um, a, a you know. A, a clue mm, yeah. or a direction where your investigation will go. Yeah. So exactly. it will take to lead is like to take someone somewhere mm-hmm. and they follow you. Yeah. And in this case, where will this clue it's taking the, lead? The us. clue is leading us in a direction yeah. towards the answer. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Good. Another short chapter. I like this. Short, snappy chapters. Short and snappy. Yeah. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. Chapter 13, what's going on in chapter 13? Okay, Katie? so then we get... I love Joyce's diary exit. I really mm-hmm. like Joyce's Joyce's voice. Yeah. Um, and so she's getting excited about the murder. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, is she on the bus or is that the next chapter? I don't think she's on the bus yet. But uh, she's at home... Um, talking about... Yeah. the, the cha- I can't remember what else happens in this chapter. Well, they're kind of making the plans for... Um, she's making plans to go into the local village okay. on the minibus later. Which she always does, but yeah. I guess we find out in the next chapter. She goes likes going to a vegan rest, a vegan mm-hmm. cafe. Yeah. <laughs> Just so modern. Yeah. Um, and forming plans with Elizabeth. So Elizabeth's already got everything planned out. We'll soon find out what's going on. Elizabeth, such a mysterious character. She is. Do we find out more about her later on? You will. But we have some clues later on in the chapter today. Yeah, we're going to talk about, a lot about some, her. some little clues about her. That will some point us weird towards. things about her. Okay. Yeah. A nice little expression in chapter 13. Um, it says, if I held my horses. Mm. So the context is. I love that expression. Yeah. Go on, the context is. Context is, um, Joyce is talking about speaking to Elizabeth, and she says, so I asked her what that way might be, and she said, if I held my horses, I would find out soon enough. That so, means to restrain yourself. Mm-hmm. Or to hold yourself back. Hold yourself back, wait, be patient. Yes. And it, I guess it's literally from, like, if you were if you were on a horse mm-hmm. or on a carriage with horses, yeah. you'd pull the reins... Yeah. cords that are holding the horses and that would make them stop yeah exactly so hold your horses stop slow down chill out chill out man just wait it out exactly um so then joyce is saying it finishes with her saying i've become someone who has to keep their mobile on 
It's like, oh, I'm an important person. I think I read this chapter really quickly. Yeah. I didn't catch that. It's really funny. <laughs> and it's, someone has to keep their mobile on. It's funny because... Because um, we do always keep our mobiles on all the time. But older people, do not, not necessarily. Like my grandma, she never no. kept her mobile on. My stepmom's like, she has a mobile with her, but never only switches it on if she needs to call someone. <laughs> it's so it's not like not you helpful. can't get hold of her. It's just for emergencies, I have a mobile. Or home phone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So, chapter 14, we get Elizabeth visiting someone called Penny in But at that, the you hospice. don't, you first of all, the chapter opens and she's just explaining what's mm-hmm. going on in the case. But you don't really know where she is or who she's talking to. Mm-hmm, not at all. And it's only when she like picks a sponge out of, like, and dips it in water and rubs it over Penny's lips. You're like, yeah. oh, this is someone in a hospital bed mm-hmm. who is not conscious. Yeah. I seems, didn't know you had to do that with people who are unconscious. Yeah, to keep their lips wet, moist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you and you realize after a while that it's a one-sided conversation. So she's explaining everything about the the murder to somebody, and and then you realize that the other person is not responding. I really love the way he does that. I love that yeah. he doesn't just spoon feed you all the details. Mm-hmm. He's just like. Here's the context. I doesn't. I'm not going to give you context. Here's what's happening. Yeah, and you've got to kind of figure it out. I like that. Yeah, it's good. Um, keeps the suspense up. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yes. Definitely, definitely suspense. Um. So who's Penny? Penny. So we find out that Penny um is an ex-member of the Thursday Murder Club, um, and she's close to death. So she's in the Willows Hospice, which is the area in the. Um, old people's home, Cooper's Chase, where people go when they're near death. Yeah, hospice is normally, you know, helping a place where people go for their last to help days. To, yeah, yeah, to help them to die, keep mm-hmm. them in comfort and yeah, and uh, safety. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so now she's there in bed and she's unresponsive, and the nurses say she cannot hear anything, but. Elizabeth always goes there to tell her all the latest news about the cases that they're looking at mm-hmm. because she's obviously very close to her. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the way that she makes a point of mentioning Joyce. Yeah, I highlighted that thinking, what is she talking about? But uh, yeah, it becomes clear. Cause it's she's like she mentions the... her because it's like she's not replacing Penny, mm-hmm. but... You know, she feel she feels bad about it, but it's like I've got to. I'm not avoiding it. Yeah, I've got yeah. to. I've got to tell Penny that there is someone new. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, very sweet. It's almost kind of like um, telling someone about a new girlfriend or boyfriend by yeah. like telling your ex making about, a point. Yeah, about making it. a point of it. It's interesting. Um, <laughs> um, and then about John. Oh, John the husband. Yeah, and um, he never seems to talk to her or whatever but there's always the fingerprints left over like I thought that was a bit gross actually <laughs> her hand you can see the white fingerprints of John's finger of, of hands wow, been holding Penny's hand been holding I'm like hands. ugh <laughs> That's very is sweet, that what happens right? when you get old <laughs> that there's I just fingerprints we... left over <laughs> gross me out a little bit wow <laughs> it's just that anytime the there's no one else in the room. He, they're holding hands, hands, which is very cute. It was very yeah. sweet. Made me a bit sad. When someone comes in, he lets go of her hand. He's just. Oh, you've highlighted it. Every time she walks in, always after knocking, she notices the fading white prints of John hands. John's hand 
on pennies, mm. his hand back on his book, though he always seems to be on the same page. Yeah. Oh, that's really, well. He's not really reading. But, uh, yeah, just the, the whole, the kind of the physical element of it, of not of the fact that the hand print doesn't fade away and, like, what's happening with her hand that you can mm-hmm. see white print... Wow, well, slow circulation. She's yeah. an old, old lady. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a very sweet passage. We learn a lot more about Elizabeth. We introduce to Penny and, and John. Um, so expressions. One expression in that one. Um, so on and so forth. He absolutely seems the type to have had enemies. Sleeveless vest, big house, more tattoos than Ron, so on and so forth. Meaning, etc. Etc. Yeah. And more things. Yeah, exactly. More things similar to this. Mm-hmm. So on and so forth. Good. That's a good one. I'm going to teach that in my class today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because my students always try and use etc. Something. Well, like dot them? dot dot. Yeah, exactly. It annoys Classic. me so much. <laughs> okay. Chapter fifteen. What's going on in chapter fifteen, Katie? I cannot remember. Oh yeah. So Joyce is getting the bus to a place called Fairhaven. Um, I think they must be near where my aunt and uncle live because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure my aunt and uncle live near Tunbridge Wells. That might not be true. Down in Kent, yeah. Okay, no, that's not true at all. They don't live in Kent. No? They live near Southampton. Ah, that's further west. I think this is in Kent. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So, no, I just, know the, I just know the name, Tunbridge Wells. <laughs> um, and so she's going down there for the day and she's talking about the bus driver. Yeah. I thought it was quite funny. Mm-hmm. His name's Carlito. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And everyone is he's generally understood to be Spanish. <laughs> but I've chatted to him a number of times now and it turns out he's Portuguese. <laughs> he's very good about it though. <laughs> it's classic. That. He's generally understood to, to be, be Spanish. Spanish. Classic kind of British all foreigners are not important. Yeah, exactly. It's all you're a foreign and we'll smear you with the same tie with the same brush. You're all Spanish, yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty funny. It shows that the you know the writer is, is a very funny guy. If you've ever seen him on any, any TV shows, he's he's very witty. So and that comes out a lot in the writing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you mentioned it earlier, but I like Joyce's position on veganism. <laughs> Talking about she would never consider going vegan, but she sees that it's important and understands the implications for the for the climate, mm-hmm. and she's trying to show off to her vegetarian daughter, but in a way, like taking her to a vegan cafe as if it's nothing, no big deal, as if it's not important. <laughs> as if we'll it's just, no big deal. Someday we'll just pop into this vegan cafe and sit down and eat vegan food and it's quite funny. We'll just drop in as if me visiting a vegan cafe is the most natural thing in the world. <laughs> I love it. So reoccur- is, is that a normal thing? Does jo- is Joyce trying to impress her daughter a lot? You see it a little bit later. It's kind of like... Um, she's trying to be cool to her daughter and her daughter quite often um, says, don't be silly, mum, or, oh. or things like that. You see it later in the book a bit more. I'm giving you some spoilers. But you are a bit. It establishes the relationship she has with her daughter. Okay. And then... Um... We'll get a bit of backstory on Bernard. Um... Who's Bernard? Bernard's the guy on the bus that, oh, uh, Joyce, that she wants to sit she next wants to. She wants to sit next to. It's quite sweet. 
Yeah, she's like, I want to sit next to Bernard, but I'm not going to because he's going to go down and remember his dead wife. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and that thing, she he goes to a hotel and drinks two glasses of wine, but that hotel's now been turned into a travel lodge. Yeah, which is like a chain, a, a, of, horrible... a chain of horrible cheap hotels. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it used to be called the Adelphi, like it sounded like a fancy Very hotel. Very fancy hotel. Where they now used it's to a go. basic yeah. hotel. Mm-hmm. Chain, everything's the same. Yeah. Um, but I like, I quite like this introduction to um, Joyce's want, want for romance. You know, she wants to sit with Bernard and she's like trying to get the courage up to go and sit with him, but she doesn't want to, you know... Yeah, because he's going to see... Doesn't want to intrude. Doesn't want to intrude. It's interesting. A couple of expressions in this chapter. To go for a mooch. This is a great one. My mum uses this one a lot, to go for a mooch. What does that mean? Just go for a walk, go for a aimless wander or walk around. I think I'd only ever use it like mooching around. Yeah. I think it kind of implies, to me, it kind of implies grumpiness. No? Mm. Maybe that's just a misunderstanding on my part. I don't think so. The way my mum uses it is, my mum uses it is to go for a walk to do something because you've got nothing else to do. Okay. So you're like pass the time. Pass the time exactly. Go for a mooch. Okay, I like it. Um, silver linings. That's how I first found out about the minibus, if I'm mm-hmm. honest. So silver linings, which means silver linings. Every cloud has a silver lining. Yeah. Which is uh, an expression meaning that even in the worst of days. There is some hope and good things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does this quite a lot in the book. He like uses like just a part of an expression, and uh. then expand it out onto the full expression. Mm. Like every cloud has a silver lining. It's interesting. Just good. I guess that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In real life, it's the way we use them. Yeah. I kind of, but that's kind of what he does with the whole book, though. Like he doesn't say the whole thing. He doesn't give you the whole story. Yeah. You've got to work it out for yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's maybe good. the same thing, like. Yeah, yeah. On a smaller, smaller scale. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got revamped, uh, or revamped. Mm-hmm. How would you pronounce it? Re- revamped. Revamped. Yeah. Uh, that is less desolate than it sounds as they recently revamped it. It's won a number of awards, which means they've done it up. Yeah. Which means they've made it look good and cool. Yeah, exactly. And maybe they put a little cafe there. And they've they're talking about Bernard on the pier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They've redecorated it. They've built it looks really nice. It's it looks very romantic. Nice. It's a comfortable, cute little place. Mm-hmm. All right. Then chapter 16. So chapter 16, we're actually on the minibus now. The previous chapter is kind of Joyce looking forward to <laughs> getting on the minibus. Um, it feels like it's moving really slowly, but it's not. It goes quite quickly when you're reading it. Yeah. The chapters are really short. Yeah, the chapters are like two pages each. Yeah. Um, and then at the last minute, so Joyce is sitting on the minibus, ready to go and do her thing, go to the vegan cafe, whatever. Um, Elizabeth suddenly jumps on at the last minute. It's quite a funny line she has. So she jumps on the bus and she says to Joyce, good morning, Joyce. She says, smiling, well, this is a first, says Joyce. How lovely. I bought a book if you don't want to talk on the journey, says Elizabeth. Oh, no, let's talk, says Joyce. Carlito pulls away with his customary care. Splendid, says Elizabeth. I haven't really bought a book. (laughs) (laughs) That's quite funny. Oh, Um, Elizabeth, you're so funny. She's a funny one. She's a funny one. Carlito pulls away with his customary care. Yeah. Good. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't talk about the murder. No. Bus, notably. 
Yeah. Why don't uh, they talk about the murder? Well, not on the bus. Yeah, because, because everyone listening, and they're all old people, therefore very nosy. Exactly. And, and she curious. Says, one of the f- first things you learn at Cooper's Chase is that some people can still actually hear. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't assume that just because they're all old. Not all old people are deaf. They're all deaf. <laughs> yeah. um, then we get some, like you said earlier, we get some clues about Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. So first of all, she can speak Portuguese yeah, and speaks Portuguese well. to Carlito. Oh, yeah. she does? Yeah, oh, it says well. in perfect Portuguese, I think. Oh, right, okay. Nice. Nice, 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 nice. And something else, um, she talks about the last time she was in Fairhaven in the village they're going to, which was sometime in the 60s and whose purpose concerned a piece of equipment that had washed up on the beach. If Elizabeth refuses to be drawn into details but tells Joyce it was almost certainly now a matter of public record. Because it's so long ago. Mm. <laughs> They've had to release it. Yeah. I don't know what the... Uh, there is a time limit, I think, yeah. in these private things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, so she's on some some kind of been on some been on some secret mission. I think she's a spy. Don't tell me anything. I think she's a spy. It seems the point was that right? Speaking foreign languages well, she was a spy. Turning up when random things wash up on the beach. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll keep looking for clues. Um, then it turns out that Elizabeth yeah. has actually come for a very specific intention, mm-hmm. which is to go to the police station. Yeah, and she takes Joyce with her. Exactly. And she's like, back me up, support me, mm-hmm. go along with whatever I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. What does she do when she gets in the police station? So she walks in the police station and immediately bursts into tears and says, <laughs> my bag's been stolen. And it's at that point Joyce goes, oh, I, th- I wondered why she hadn't brought a bag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all been planned. Yeah. Um, and the the police officer says, oh, come in, I'll take a statement. And she says, no, it needs to be a female police officer. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, and Joyce jumps in and says, oh, my, my friend's a nun. <laughs> like, she can't possibly be seen by a male police officer. It has to be a female has police to, officer. Because she's a nun. Nuns can't speak to men. And then Elizabeth says, oh, I was going to say that someone had touched me. <laughs> <laughs> but nuns better. That's <laughs> um, What's it going to say about that? I can't remember. doesn't matter. Let's move on. Yeah, um, it's really funny. Uh, and the thing is, Elizabeth already knows that the only female polos- police police officer, <laughs> police officer, police officer, is Donna. Yeah, De Fries, the one that came and did the um, the mm-hmm. talk. Yeah, and uh, that's so the she, only one. So that's the only one she can speak to. Yeah, because she knows that they've already, you know, met her. They like her, and they know that maybe they can manipulate her a little, a little bit. bit. Maybe. Yes. Yeah. So it's very clever. Very cleverly done. Okay, some expressions. Mm-hmm. So the first one is um, Joyce when she's talking about going into the police station, um, and she she's like, oh, it's, she's she's so excited because she watches lots of police TV shows, and um, so she's talking about um, the criminals being wrestled to the ground and dragged to a cell, their obscenities thrillingly bleeped out. <laughs> so to bleep out is what they do when they swear words on. TV, uh, when beep, they go beep, 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 whenever anyone says a bad word. So bleep something out. And thrilling, just so, just a reminder of everyone, thrilling means exciting. Mm-hmm. Just so you know. Yeah. Not scary. Not scary. Exciting. A scary swear word. 
And then we've got double take. Joyce manages to control her double take, which is when you look at something, you don't really register what it is, and then you look, then your brain registers a second too late, yeah. and then you look back at it really quickly. Yeah. Which is a kind of a comedic. Yeah, you see it in like cartoons yeah. and things a lot. And they're do, like, do. what, what, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what? Exactly. So do a double take. Do a double take. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last one was the waterworks. So we, <laughs> we often use this phrase, the waterworks, when someone is pretending to cry or making themselves cry. Here come the waterworks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Here come the waterworks. Yeah, yeah. Like a tap you can just turn on. It doesn't exactly. mean anything. Um, and then I would say another word for that, maybe more for kids, though, is crocodile tears. But mm. that's probably more for kids. Though. Yeah, when they pretend to cry, to be a manipulative. Good. So that was good, chapter good, good. 16. Chapter 17. What happens in chapter 17? So this is all about Chris again, the um, the head... Is he the head of detective? Who is he? He's the detective and he's like the leading the Is he the, the CID? Chief Inspector Detective? I don't know what that is. is that no, I think it's just a detective, but he's the... I think it's DCI, so he's DCI. a detective inspector, yeah. Detective. <laughs> <laughs> what is DCI, though? Detective Chief Inspector? I think DC is just detective. Oh, and then Detective Inspector. Okay, fair enough. So, and he's the one in charge of the the murder case. Um, we get a proper introduction to him. He's quite a funny character. Yeah, he talks about, I really related to him talking about the dieting. Yeah. That every Monday, he's like, right, it's a new diet. New diet, I'm going to take the stairs. Yeah, like, on a good lift. week, he lasts until Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't no, do very well. It's very relatable. And I was like, oh man, I so relate. And it's so so well written, this thing about um, um, stuff like the way it slowly deteriorates over the week. Um, Wednesday, the world creeps back in. The stairs seem too daunting and Chris loses faith in the project. <laughs> He's aware that the project is himself and that drags him <laughs> further down still. So out come the pasties and the crisps, the petrol station lunch, the quick drink after work, the takeaway on the way home from work, the chocolate on the way home from the takeaway. <laughs> The eating, the numbing, the release, the shame, and then repeat. Oh, my God, that got me in the heart. Mm -hmm. But there was always <sighs> next Monday, and one of these Mondays there would be salvation. That stone would drop off, followed by the other stone that was still lurking. He'd barely break sweat at the medical. He'd be the athlete he always secretly knew he was. Text a thumbs up to the new girlfriend he'd met online. Oh, man. He finishes the Twix and looks around for the Chris. Oh, <laughs> Chris, man. Ah. <sighs> oh. That last line after that long speech that yeah, he finishes like, the twix oh, and looks around for future, the crisps. Yeah. It's, it's future Chris's problem. It's yeah. not Chris in the real time. Yeah. So it establishes him as this, yeah, good at his job, but, you know, struggling with his own personal demons. But what's he doing? He's like looking at some files, right? What's he yeah. doing in this chapter? So he's going through Tony's history, like his history of offences. And it turns out that Tony used to be a big drug dealer. Um, surprise, 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 and that's where he got some of his money from. But then he went, went legit. I think is the expression they use. So he became a builder and stopped dealing drugs after being involved in a in a shooting. So he was accused by somebody of shooting a drug dealer, but he was never charged. They couldn't prove anything. Everybody refused to mm. to implicate him. Mm -hmm. Everyone said no comment, no comment. Um. So then he then he went clean, as they say. Yeah, exactly. He went straight. Went straight. Mm -hmm. 
Um, now we find out what's in the photo, the three people in the photo. Yes, the so we've got three people in the photo. There's Tony, the guy who was murdered. Mm-hmm. There's um, Bobby Tanner, an ex-drug lord mm-hmm. who disappeared a long time ago. Mm-hmm. We haven't been introduced to him yet, have we? No, I think this is the first time. Okay. And then Jason Ritchie, who, as we know, is Ron's son, mm-hmm. the boxer. Yeah. So and oh dear, yeah. what's he doing there? So on, on the in the photo, there's like loads of money in front of them, mm-hmm. but he's also with these two like crime bosses. Like what, Jason? Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you Jason? doing, Jason? So we know that you know, Jason's been implicated in some way. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So Chris is obvious. The obvious next spe- step is to speak to Jason. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What do you think? How do you think Jason's involved, KT? I don't know. Mm. That's probably... He's probably rebelling against his dad or something. Wasn't there something in the previous chapters like he's got a bit of a problem with his dad or something? Like his mm. dad's so great. I can't remember. I don't know if it's a problem with his dad, but... um yeah, what could does be rebelling happen next against him? something. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I actually, I read on to chapter 21, so I do know what happens next. Oh, okay. But not that you really find out more about Jason mm-hmm. um, yet. But I would imagine that Jason's probably, he's probably a little frustrated. I would imagine, from what I remember, I think he's a little frustrated and I think he's a little, probably a little bored. Yeah, he's doing like reality TV shows and things. Yeah. yeah. And so it doesn't surprise me so much that he's maybe got involved with these people because I also I probably have quite a bad impression of boxing but I get the impression that there might be some seedy people around around it yeah definitely not yeah. boxers or boxing itself mm-hmm. but there's but like, probably there's lots of betting involved yeah. there's lots of gambling so I'd imagine that so. I'm not too surprised yeah that there's not, a boxer in the mix not too many steps away crime from lords. crime lords <laughs> crime lords alright couple it's, of expressions expressions so turned legit, we just talked about. So when a criminal decides that they want to live uh, a normal, non-criminal life, they can turn legit or, or to go straight. Go is that straight. What I said? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, riding his luck. Tony must have known he couldn't keep riding his luck, which I think means kept being really lucky. What does that mean? <laughs> and taking risks, like all right. Doing things super oh, risky. I see. Things. He was like maybe pushing his luck. Yeah, exactly. So you're like been taking risks for too long. Eventually, you're gonna run out of luck. You're gonna run out of luck. End up in prison or end up having an accident. Or you're gonna kill your luck by riding it too much. Yeah. Right. Got mm-hmm. it. And then the last one. A red herring. This is a good an- another one for like detectives and um, yeah, whodunits and things like that. A red herring is a fake clue or a false clue that will mislead you. Um, so the photo. If you could ever be do, if you've ever done the first certificate or advanced or any of the Cambridge exams, then mm-hmm. they put a lot of red herrings in text yeah. and things to so try to trick you. you know, yeah, Because exactly. if you don't really know what you're talking about, then you mm-hmm. might get. Uh, persuaded by the red herring. Mm-hmm. So those are our chapters. Um, we've got a lot more backstory and a lot of characters. Yeah. Um, not a huge amount happened, but it's setting things up, I think. I think was a, there's a lot of setup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I can see how it's all coming together. Yeah. Um, like Elizabeth getting Donna and Joyce involved. Mm-hmm. Sorry, other way around. 
Yeah. Elizabeth going in. Yeah, Donna exactly. That's, involved. that's yeah, what yeah. I meant. Yeah, yeah. And then we're going to find out what happens next with Ibrahim and Ron and the mm-hmm. police officer. How, yeah. how, is he, how are they going to lie to the police? Yeah. Uh, it's all kind of coming together. It's all coming together. It's great. I really like it. Yeah. It's really funny. It's good. I'm really enjoying it. And so, yeah, guys, um, if you can't be bothered to read it, go and listen to it on the BBC. Mm-hmm. We'll put a link um, in, in the, the description. description. You can get it on Audible as well. There's an audio book as well. You can also, yeah, yeah. if you want to. Or mm-hmm. you can get listen for free on the BBC. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thanks very much for joining us today. Thank you very much. See you um, next time. Yeah, Thank keep you, reading. <laughs> Bye. 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 Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Two teas in a pod. Welcome to the podcast, two teas in a pod. Thanks a lot for listening to the show. I'd just like to thank everyone involved in the two teas in a pod team, specifically Ben Ward, our wonderful producer for recording and editing all of the episodes. Also Mark Wilding for designing our logo and all our branding. Um, Lisa Marie Court, Bernice Ray, Vicky Milena and our own Katie Wright for singing our jingles and all you lovely listeners for listening along. And of course, to the wonderful Katie Wright, my wonderful co-host. Bye!